He is uh, Syracuse University Athletic Director John Wildhack, and he's back with us here on the block ESPN Radio. Mr. Wildhack, how are you, sir? Brent, I'm uh, I'm fine. How are you? I'm great, uh, all things considered. No, you've been busier than usual this time of the year, but uh, how's your summer been, uh, all things considered? Um, it's been it's been really busy, uh, but I'm sure it's been that way for everybody. And uh, when I've had the time, it's been a lot of fun to enjoy the uh, the uh, unbelievable weather that we've had. Yeah, what was that? Uh, Forty five straight days of eighty degrees plus weather, and we'll take it here in Central New York. That's for sure. No, it's, it's, been, it's been unbelievable. It's been great. But as you said, it's been a little busier than usual in these summer months. And yesterday yes. we got you know, somewhat of clarity. This is all contingent, of course, upon health and safety and protocols and that world we live in today. But the ACC's 10 plus 1 model, just kind of take me through what you had heard about that, the discussions behind the scenes and, and unveiling that yesterday publicly and, and what it all means for Syracuse. Oh, Brent, yeah. I was I was fortunate enough to be part of the ACC football scheduling uh, subcommittee with uh, with four of my fellow ADs and um, and three head coaches and Michael Strickland who uh, does the scheduling for the conference. And our first meeting was back in uh, in early uh, April, um, and we decided you know we we set some principles. Um, guiding principles, one of which we wanted to play build a schedule to play as many games as we possibly could. Now, the 10-plus-1 is aspirational, right, in terms of obviously the environment that we live in. But it's, if we, it's much easier to contract the schedule during the course of the season than it is to add to a schedule during the course of the season. So we built a model that, all right, let's do 10-plus-1. Let's do 10 plus one. We quickly decided to play more conference games. Part of that, is because the ACC formed a medical advisory group, representatives from all 15 schools, uh, and they developed a, a health and safety testing protocol, baseline protocol that all 15 schools approved and was part of the announcement yesterday. So we, we wanted to play each other more knowing that each ACC school was adhering to that protocol. Then we talked about a plus one, and there was some desire uh, amongst some schools to, to schedule one non-conference game, uh, to make that a home conference non-game. Um, there's, there were four ACC, SEC, and state rivalry games, Clemson, South Carolina, Florida, Florida State, Georgia, Georgia Tech, Louisville, Kentucky, which were important games for, for, those, for all eight of those institutions and those states. Um, so that was uh, that also led to the creation of the plus one, and uh, that's where we landed. And we built a schedule that gives us flexibility. We can push the championship game back to as late as December nineteenth if we need to. Um, it gives us the opportunity in case we need to pause during the course of the season. It gives us the, the best opportunity to play the maximum number of games. Now, it's interesting, John, because you brought up those SEC matchups. They just announced this afternoon that they're going conference only, and it seems amongst the Power Five, you know, there's different start dates. There's Some are going conference only. Some are leaving the option open, as you mentioned, for a non-conference game. How did it turn out that the, the, the each league is kind of doing their own things? I think at first there was talk of unity and, and maybe trying to make this as uniform as possible, but then it kind of eventually ended up being that each conference is doing what's, what it seems is best for itself. 
Yeah, and I think there was good dialogue between the the five uh, A five conference commissioners, but in, in the end, just frankly, the, the governance structure of of college football and college athletics the gov- uh, is all right. Each conference is is dealing with a unique set of circumstances, right? The Pac twelve, you've got you know they've had you know tremendous COVID spikes in terms of California, Arizona, et cetera, that type of thing. So they're dealing with with some unique issues. Um, the Big Ten was first to decide to go conference only. So you know it's 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 at the end of the day you can state that hey let's you know let's let's arrive at it's the same scheduling model for for five conferences. It's really, from a practical standpoint, it's really hard to accomplish that. John, uh, twenty twenty has presented a lot of things I never thought I'd see in my life. Uh, adding Notre Dame to a conference, let's just put that on the list. And albeit it, it seems temporary, right for twenty twenty. Let's see how it goes. Marriage of convenience, if you will, but. That's still a pretty extraordinary thing to, to bring to the table, and the circumstances presented it as that. Tell me about that process and, and getting Notre Dame to do something that, frankly, they've they've never had to do before and, and just basically said, you know, we don't have to do. Why would we? Well, that, but now, now it seems they do. That's, that's a great example of how unique this year is and what we're dealing with, right? Um, now, Notre Dame, they lost games when the Pac-12 went to a conference-only model. They lost Stanford. They lost USC. They lost Big Ten games as well, and the Big Ten went to a conference-only model. I can't recall how many. So they were in need of they were in need of games. There are already six Notre Dame games scheduled uh, in total against ACC schools. So it was, again, I think convenient as they look to add games is look first towards uh, the ACC, where they already had half their 12 games scheduled for, um, and then when it was raised, I think you know we the ads we we quickly uh, embraced that. Um, we think it's good to have Notre Dame in; they'll be eligible for the championship game. They're a full member as part of that. Their uh, the media rights that they receive from NBC will be pooled and go into the ACC pool and be shared by all 15 schools. So. I think it was just it was it was a good outcome for Notre Dame in terms of, of finishing off their schedule, and I think it's a good outcome for the ACC. And obviously, Notre Dame is a full partner in every other sport except football. And um, so, I think it I think it was you know it was one that was logical for both parties. Now, you brought up uh, today you had a media call with uh, uh, the local media earlier on Zoom and. Non-conference wise, Liberty is going to get the first opportunity because you're contractually playing them this year, and they were supposed to come to the Carrier Dome. And as the, the rule stands, the non-conference game has to be played within your state. It doesn't have to be an in-state rival, but it has to be played in your state. So, Correct. what would you put the time frame on? Saying, "Hey, Liberty, are you still into this? And 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 let's make a deal, or let's let's move on." Well, I think it's. And they they also have games uh, at NC State and at Virginia Tech, so they've got three ACC games on their schedule. And what will be key is them agreeing to adhere to um, the medical advisory group protocol uh, that the ACC published yesterday. And if they do that, given that we have a a contract with them, that will give them the first opportunity 
Um, and I'm sure it'll be similar conversations they have with North Carolina State and Virginia Tech as well. Um, if for some reason they can't adhere to our testing guidelines and protocol established by the conference, uh, then we won't play them. And, and that would be consistent for all our fall sports non-conference opponents. Anybody we play non-conference, they, have, they will have to agree to adhere to our testing protocols. If not, we just simply won't play them. And you noted on the conference call today that you've heard from schools that have called non-conference-wise and said, hey, we're available. If, if you need somebody, we're, we're willing to come out there and play. Well, the MAC, you know, the MAC, I think Brent lost, I think, 12 matchups against the Big Ten. Right, yep. You know, now with the SEC going to a conference only, you know, there's a, you know, again, there's a number of, of the group of five conferences that lost games uh, with the SEC's decision today. So there will be schools that will be looking for games. We're talking to Syracuse Athletic Director John Wildhack here on the block ESPN Radio and uh, while we're still on the, the schedule here, John, uh, you, you had a great uh, uh, tidbit when we spoke earlier on the Zoom call about having to talk to Coach Babers about uh, this schedule, particularly that road schedule up ahead. And I think you made an interesting point then, and I'd like to share it uh, with the radio audience now, that I guess if you're going to play a road schedule like that, do it this year. Yeah, yeah. well, the first thing I did, Brent, is, is when I met with Dino yesterday in his office and I was prepared to give him the road schedule. We were 20 feet apart, not six feet apart. I made, yeah, I made sure Mike, uh, you, you go to that end of the office. I'll go to this end of the office. But, uh, you know, I, I told him, and, and if there's a year to play a schedule like that, it's this year because who knows how many fans will be in the stands. Certainly no stadium is going to be at full capacity. So you know, maybe at most you're looking at at fifty percent capacity, likely less than that. So I think home field advantage is is really going to be negated in a lot of ways this year, and just the playing environment with with such a limited number of fans, if if we're even allowed to have fans, right, is is really going to make uh, for for a a really, really distinct and unique environment. And this is one year where I think home field kind of goes out the window, home field advantage. How have things been going football-wise in terms of the pods working up to the start of training camp, testing? How would you characterize how the process has been so far? It's worked really well, Brent. It's worked uh, very, very well. And now we're at the point, uh, you know, we've gradually increased our pods, and that was part of the protocol that we designed. And now we're at a point where, you know, the defense can be together as a unit. The offense can be together as a unit. Um, our testing has, has gone very, very well. Our daily surveillance has worked well. Um, I credit uh, the young men on the team and our staff. Uh, they've adhered to the protocol. It's a very rigid, um, thorough protocol. And I think one of the keys for not only football, but for all our, all our fall sports, if 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 we are to compete this fall, the, the discipline that our student athletes, that our coaching staff, that our support staffs, that everyone in the Syracuse Athletics family is going to, to have to exhibit is absolutely critical um, because we have to be so disciplined. And you know, we saw it yesterday, uh, announcement where Rutgers they shut down football because uh, – 
some players went to an off-campus party. I think they had 15 positives. I sent that I sent that article around to our head coaches. I sent it around to our entire staff. Um, I want them to see the examples. Anytime we see an example like that, we share that because we've got to continually educate, 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 and remind ourselves, remind our student-athletes, if we want to compete, the best avenue and the greatest opportunity and highest percentage for us to compete is to be incredibly, incredibly disciplined. Discipline's the word, and maybe sacrifice is another, John, because you know once the uh, the campus community comes back together, when school starts, geez, less than a month from now, maybe you can't go to that party. Maybe you can't go, and uh, there's protocols in place now about large gatherings and and the numbers that are out there. But it, it boy, it, you feel bad for them in a way. I mean, you're playing a sport, and they're getting an opportunity to do something that a lot of people can't, but at the same time, college is an experience so many different ways, and it appears that maybe initially here, you're not going to be able to do those things that, that normal college students do. I mean, this is not a normal year by any stretch of the imagination, but yeah, that word uh, seems to be the, the one to adhere to if, if games are going to be played and things are going to go forward to do you know really what they're there to do, and that's play a particular sport. Right, and that applies to our entire student body, right? When they come back, hey, if you want to be on campus, if you want to have in-person instruction and be on campus, you know, it can't be, you know, it can't be like a normal fall semester. You know, whatever's been done in the past, frankly, is kind of irrelevant because we're li- we're living in a in a different world today than we were, you know, back on March first, and it's been proven that the protocols work. It's amazing what this community has done, right? You know, in terms of how it's handled COVID, and you know, it's it's and it's been great. And I applaud our community. Be in any place I go, everybody's always wearing their mask. You know, people are practicing appropriate social distancing. So we do, that needs to be ingrained and needs to be a part of the daily life of all our students and all our student athletes. Um, and again, that doing that gives us the best opportunity to compete. And, John, just to, to clarify, if there is an, a student-athlete who wants to opt out, does not want to play this fall, uh, take us through that process. Is their scholarship honored and, and what their status is as a student and, and how that works if somebody gets to the point where they're not comfortable playing a sport? Yeah, Brent, their scholarship would be honored. Um, or if they're not on, in some of the equivalency sports, if they're not on full scholarship, if they're receiving a partial, that would be honored as well. Prior to bringing any of our fall sports back on campuses, our head coaches had multiple Zooms with the parents, uh, with the student-athletes, and, and said at that time, if, if anyone is uncomfortable about their daughter, their son coming back, um, they don't have to come back. And, you know, there's not going to be any repercussions, and we will honor their scholarship. Um, all of our student-athletes want to come back. Uh, we've got one from a... Uh, from Eastern European country, we have we have issues with that individual. That's more that's more related to borders, right, than anything else. The the, the student athlete wants to be here, um, and they do want to be here. They want to be here. They want they want to be with their teammates. They want to compete. Um, but at the same time, even as we go through the season, if if somebody sees, uh, hey, you know, I'm uncomfortable. Uh, I'm not sure. I want to do this. Um, it's it's their decision. We'll support their decision. And again, if they're on a partial or full scholarship, we will honor that. 
couple more quick things for you here, John. One, the Carrier Dome. Uh, just always like to check in on, on the progress of the building. And, of course, with the schedule being reformatted, Colgate can no longer be the home opening opponent because the Patriot League canceled fall sports. We'll find out when the schedule dates come out here in the next week or so, but uh, how's it looking in terms of a home opener now with the new schedule and the progress of the construction? Yeah, we uh, progress of the construction is going well. I was over at the stadium, uh, the dome last Monday, and um, you know it's 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 on schedule. It's 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 going to be it's going to be really really neat. Um, it's going to be a different experience, just you know, uh, for all our fans, and hopefully we'll have fans in. In terms of uh, our home opener, uh, that all dependent is the ACC built out the schedule model. And, John, I wanted to end on uh, a different note, going back to your ESPN days, because uh, tomorrow uh, Mike Golick Jr., or Mike Golick Sr., pardon me, is going to do his last radio program in the morning at ESPN Radio. And, look, his career speaks for itself. I don't have to give the resume there. But, you know, when you were at ESPN and, and knowing the influence he's had on this medium radio, on sports in general, on that company, when I, I mentioned Mike Golick, what what things come to mind for you about the influence he's had on on all those things considered? He redefined morning radio and, and morning television, frankly, um, because you know you know Mike and Mike, um, and, and, to, and to do a show for twenty years, a morning radio show for twenty years, you could appreciate that. I mean, that is that's unheard of. And what Mike always was, he was he was relevant. He was entertaining he was informative he was opinionated he never took himself too seriously and, and people welcomed them into their homes you know to start their day listen you know nobody likes getting up in the morning right <laughs> we all want 10 more minutes of sleep right we all want you know whatever and and mike just you know he he just had the personality um and charisma that he oh, he connected with the audience and he is uh you know truly a legendary career great guy um, and you know what you see is what you get. John, can't tell you how much I appreciate the time. I know you're busy working through all these issues here, and we'll continue to be doing so. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, enjoy whatever you can of the summer here before things really start ramping up here in, in a couple of weeks, and we'll uh, we'll catch up down the road. Thanks, Brent. You too. Be well.